Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. My name is Betty and I'm here with George. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. And we've decided to replace Ola today with Sam Young. Hi, it's nice to meet you guys. Hi. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh no, it's my pleasure. Thank you for being awake at 10 o'clock at night to do this. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for meeting us at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we, we wouldn't be getting up at 9 a.m. <laughs> Not for this that, podcast. That's easier for me than 10 o'clock. <laughs> So you're here today because you are about to release your second book in your Scottish Highland series. Yes, that's correct. Yes, and it is Beyond the Heather. Is that correct? It's I am, it right? Among the Heather, but it's among I understand the heather. Oh my gosh, I do that. The first book is Beyond the Thistle. So you <laughs> okay? Yes, all right. That's all right. I do it all the time. <laughs> I, I practiced as well. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> My titles, for some reason, do that to people, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it that originally got you into writing romance? And was there any particular authors that inspired you or that you loved that kind of led you in that direction? Well, I started off writing YA paranormal and urban fantasy, and there was always a romantic subplot. And... It was a reader who said to me, you know, I love the romance so much in your books. Would you ever consider writing straight contemporary romance? And I hadn't read a lot, if any, at that point. I'd read historical um, and paranormal. Um, so she sent me her recommendations and I just I just fell in love with the idea because I realised that everything would have to centre on the character development. And that's my favourite part of writing. Um and because I've went on such a long tangent, I've forgotten the other half of your question. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any particular authors that like inspired you in like to write romance, I guess, or to move into contemporary? Well, she sent me a few. Um, she sent me Susan Elizabeth Phillips uh, was one of the first kind of contemporary. Um, and then I started reading like E.L. James came out with Fifty Shades. Um, so it was really kind of the beginning of the the indie. Susan Elizabeth Phillips was one of the few kind of traditional ones I read at the time, but it was kind of the beginnings of the romance indie period um, that made me just go, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to write this book. And it was on Dublin Street. Um, so that was the, the beginning that of it. So popular. Like I, we um, are in a lot of like Facebook book groups and it pops up all the time. Oh, that's that nice book. to hear. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how um, we originally like knew you was from on Dublin Street because you think of you and then you think of that book. And we didn't even realize um, that you had the Scottish Highland series until we were like looking into you a bit more. And we were like, wow. <laughs> <It's> like the <laughs> gift that keeps something. On giving. <laughs> yeah, because there is something about like a brooding like 
Highland Scotland, like Scottish men that like really like gets the cogs turning. A hundred percent. I mean, I've I've written quite a few books since on Double Street, and then I decided to go back to Scotland, and I was like, I don't know why I didn't do this before because my readers just love it. They just love when I'm writing, so um, in Scotland. So yeah, glad to be Definitely. back. <laughs> did you um? Did you have any like difficulties when you made the shift from YA? Was it weird for you to originally start writing like smutty? scenes very I I vividly and I have a bad memory but I vividly remember sitting in my office writing on Dublin Street and I'd got into my first sex scene and it'd been fade to black obviously with YA if there was ever anything like that and I remember looking over my shoulder like is any is anybody watching me (laughs) like I was doing something wrong like I just felt so self-conscious but once I wrote the first one that it was it was almost just like ripping off a band-aid almost you know like I just mm-hmm. it just became easier and easier and I've always written sex scenes that punctuate the emotion of the book so it that made it easier I wasn't just throwing in a sex scene for the sake of some spice and heat it it made sense to the development of their love story you know absolutely um do you have a favorite book right now like, if you could recommend a book to people, it's, what would you recommend? Honestly, my favourite book right now has been read by millions. Um, I just finished the graphic audio edition of A Court of Silver Flames, and I hadn't read nice. it yet. It was, had been on my TBR for ages, and I am in such a book funk after that audiobook. It was just <laughs> a phenomenal audiobook. <laughs> so um, I actually went back to read it, uh, to listening to A Court of uh, Wings and Ruin just because... <laughs> just don't want to leave that world yeah (laughs) Yeah. I definitely if you haven't read um Sarah J Mass's Throne of Glass series oh so good yeah it's on my TBR like I have the entire I have like the entire box set of it sitting on my shelf and I still haven't I need to read it I I read Throne of Glass first because I because I started I went through this like period kind of as I was starting to read romance it was just after I'd gotten a kindle or like Kindle Unlimited I'd really discovered the ebook thing and I was trying to catch up on like a lot of the YA books that I'd missed growing up because I was like I remember hearing about these I've been an avid reader my whole life and Throne of Glass was always recommended on Goodreads and Throne of Glass is YA for like books one to three and then it gets really spicy again which is like it's quite funny (laughs) so I was like yeah like this is like a great YA series you know like it's like a broken kingdom and it's like it's it's great it's like violent and like there's multiple love interests classic like Sarah J Maas um and there was no spice up until book three and I was like well really? that's that <laughs> <laughs> now I know but I did feel I was I said this in my reader group about A Court of Silver Flames if there was any SJM fans because the spice in that book compared to the other books I mean the other books are spicy but that is spicy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's also I think it's the the shortest one out of the series as well. So it's like she yeah. packed in more in a smaller yeah. amount of pages. <laughs> just, just me and um, we're like no it's spicy. <laughs> How do you come up with the ideas for your books? Like where do they come from? Do you know just from lots of random things like it can be a conversation that I have with someone about a certain subject that just sparks an inkling or a podcast I'm listening to or music lurks in music um other books you know that just kind of spark a 
a flame of an idea and usually I'm quite lucky once I get that little inkling it starts to evolve quite quickly into something um so yeah just everything around me and my own experiences and the experiences of people in my life you know and as much to an extent I don't like to you know delve too deeply into other people's experiences and use them for my <laughs> but, um yeah just everything around me yeah places I visit as well I, I remember going to a castle um like the ruins of a castle down in Northumberland and it sparked the idea for my true immortality series so and it was oh, just wow. it was just the atmosphere <laughs> it's still like baffling to me because obviously every different author has a different way that they come up with ideas but to me like I'd look at a castle and I'd be like oh it's a castle <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that thought would end <laughs> Oh, I've always been like that actually I think I've always been a bit of a daydreamer and living in other worlds inside my head which is probably why I do have a bad memory there's too many characters and things going on up in there there's not enough room for <laughs> for my memory in real life why live in the real world yeah <laughs> you don't need to live in the real world you have all these amazing characters <laughs> do you have a favorite book or like series that you've written that you would say like this is this is my series. Uh, honestly, probably the the Adair series and the Highland series. The Highland series is a spin off to the Adair family series. They're both set in the same village in the fictional village in the Scottish Highlands, um, and I've just loved every minute of being in that world. That's why I decided to write the Highland series because I wasn't ready to to leave it yet um and I'm particularly proud of the Highland series because it just I feel like every character feels totally different from the last um book two isn't out yet it's out next week but I'm already on book four um writing it so it just I'm just really proud of how individual the characters really feel in this series um because sometimes that's hard to do once you're hitting book 59 I think I'm on yeah (laughs) I could imagine god I think it definitely is um yeah it's definitely achievement as well as uh, with um your Highland series is that you they can all be read as standalones but interconnected in that if you have read them all then it's a great experience you know but if you did just want to dip in and just read one then you would be fine to do that as well a hundred percent yeah yeah I like writing my series that way I wrote the Dublin Street series the same way so that readers hopefully could just pick up whichever one struck their fancy you know Absolutely. Um, do you have any particular smart scenes that you're proud of? Just like in general or? Um, do you know, actually for Among the Heather, they're, um, the first smart scene, I'm proud of that because the character, the heroine, she has a lot of, um, she's plus size, She's uh, has body insecurities from previous partners who haven't been very nice to her. Um, and so that first scene, there's a lot of insecurities from her and he is just he's just I I tried to get this balance between the inkling of alpha that my readers love but he is very open and vulnerable and loving character and so I just love the interactions between them and how he makes her feel in that scene so I would say that's probably so sweet When I got to the end, when I got to the end of the book, and like just before the epilogue, and they're having like their little, I'm not even going to ruin it, but they're having their moment. 
right? And I was like, no. (laughs) Just the way he speaks to her is like, is so special. Yeah, he's he. I think he's he stands out from a lot of my other heroes. I think just because he is a lot more vulnerable, he has just as much, if not more, trauma than a lot of my other heroes. But for that reason, he is more vulnerable and loving. Mm-hmm. It definitely translates. Yeah. It's it's a very it's a it's a, a book that I categorize as like soft. Yes, you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not gonna make you like angry or like frustrated or like cry but it's it's soft and it's sweet and it's like a feel-good happy book yeah yep it's, it's and i think you definitely need those you you do and you need to in a series i don't think every series every book in your series should be super angsty and like you know like this tension push and pull between them constantly throughout the book book one was very much he's very alpha he's very um in control in charge and very guarded so I wanted my next hero to be different and to swap the roles a little bit and make it the heroine that was the one that was guarded and um try try and break down her walls more um because I think you need that like varying levels throughout the series you know um and it also means that readers have different favorite books because each book suits a different reader you know I love a men false first. Yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it really feeds into my like self delusional like fantasies. <laughs> Me too. Braden on a Dublin Street, he fell first, and readers loved that. Yeah. So. <laughs> it just kind of flips the narrative on the head, right? Like that the men can be more in love. Yes, hundred like, percent can have those feelings and those emotions, and it's so sweet to read because you don't see it a lot, and like real life right hundred and that's why you write books (laughs) (laughs) if you could be with one of your characters in real life who would you pick do you know it probably would be north because like my my, like fantasy is more like the Braden Carmichael and um that very alpha um gruff kind of Scott but I am the guarded one in real life, so I think I would need a north. <laughs> it's like, how much can you put up with the angst in real life, right? Like, after, like, how many days would you be like, just calm down? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about this before. We talked about, like, things that we love in romance books that just would never fly in real life. No, and, like, any sort of, like, men that are too, yeah, men that are too angry or, like, the drama, like, you would just, you'd be exhausted before the relationship even got started. A hundred percent. I can't do drama in real life. Like I just with no one, I just have to shut it down immediately because I just am not for it. Um and I also can't be bossed around <laughs> immediately men have tried it in the past and immediately my back is up. So it just yeah, it doesn't work. It's funny how you can read that and love it in a book, but in real life you're just like, you have to leave now. <laughs> It's so good in theory, isn't it? Yes. It's so good in theory. Someone making all of decisions for you, doing everything you need them to do, like being in complete control. And then you think of it and you'd like, that, I I could never. Yeah, I could no. never let you do that. No. Like, yeah, we, I think we were talking. It's like the moment a man tells you what to wear, like the moment a man leaves. Yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But then I'll be reading like my little romance book and I'll be like kicking my legs and be like, <laughs> yeah. what to wear. <laughs> I think 
That's why books exist, isn't it? For us to like live out these things in a safe place. Exactly, exactly. None of us want to live in fourth wing, but we love reading it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So Among the Heather comes out December the 5th. Yes, it does. Yes, yes. Could you please give our listeners like a little overview, what it's about, like why they should read it? You know, a little like sell yourself. Sell myself. Oh, I'm, I'm so not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's basically for people who don't know, it's set in the Scottish Highlands and it's set around um, a members only club in a converted castle and estate in the Scottish Highlands. And the club is for, it's like a kind of private oasis for film and television industry people. And the heroine, Aria, she's the daughter of a Hollywood legendary director. Um, and she has been used very much in the past by people trying to get to her dad. So she takes a job at this estate as the manager, um, just kind of to escape that life. And the hero North, he's actually a famous Scottish actor who's just been cancelled. Um, and he's been cancelled for something traumatic that happened in his past that the media have kind of twisted. Um, so he is a member of the club and he goes there for privacy um, to try and wait out, you know, what's happening to him. And she immediately doesn't like him because... He's an actor and he reminds her of the actors <laughs> that she's dating. Um, but, you know, our sister intervenes <laughs> and pushes them together. Um, and from there, they start a kind of no strings relationship. Um, all the while, this suspense element is bubbling in the background because um, someone from his past is uh, de- determined to ruin him for uh, things that have happened. Wonderful. That was such a, that was so good. <laughs> you totally sold yourself. I would read it. I mean, I have read it, but I'd read it again. What? <laughs> I love that. And and so you said that you wrote now four books in this series already. I'm on book. I'm writing book four just now. Yeah. Have you got like? Do you know how long you're planning the series to go for? Or do you just five books it will be five Five books books. in the series yes so they're all up for pre-order now because I've known from the very beginning who everyone would be which is unusual for me (laughs) um so yeah it's I just love the series I think that's what it is I think I'm fully immersed in it to the point where it's almost real to me which is a little bit (laughs) 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 can you give us any like teasers about what's to come or is it like super secretive no book three the blurb's already up um and yeah. readers who get to the end of among the heather will be uh will realize quite quickly that's who the book's about it's uh north <laughs> friend theo and he is um a film writer director um and he is also the second son of a british viscount he's very cynical um bit world weary a bit of a playboy and the heroine is Sarah McCulloch and readers who've read the series from the very beginning of a Dear Family series will know Sarah was a very shy housekeeper at Ardnock Estate um but she has a secret um and she it's in the blurb so I can tell you that she's actually a best-selling crime writer so she wants to join forces with Theo um to bring her series to to tv 
um, and they're very much opposites. But I will tell you, and I've told all my readers in my reader group, this is the fa- my most favourite book I've ever written. It flew out of me in like six weeks. I just adored every minute of, like, I think it's because it's my catnip, you know, the shy heroine mm-hmm. and the uh, kind of world-weary um, hero. And I just, yeah. They're, they're, they're like stuck in a, a cottage in the in the winter in the Scottish Highlands like it's just it was the perfect like, perfect like that whole like description oh. amazing I guess that would be um, like, like that would be the good part about being an author right is that like you, like whatever like makes you tick whatever you like to see yeah. in books you can make it happen yes 100 yeah. percent and that was it <laughs> I think you've also picked like the perfect location like because the Scottish Highlands are so mythical yeah and they're so I guess unknown to anybody that's not like frequented like the UK right like people don't really think about them so you when you read it you're like wow this place can't exist yeah like this beautiful location that's just just up there on the island like up there in Scotland and it exists and like these people are living there and it is real, but it doesn't feel real. And that's, I think that's what I really enjoyed personally is like, it's, it was almost like a little bit mythical. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm Scottish, but I'm from the Lowlands. I try to visit the Highlands as much as possible. But even for me, I feel like it's another world up there. I just, I'm, I'm totally in love with the Highlands. And I, th- I hope that that comes across in the series as well. Um, but I think that is, it's because it feels, it does feel like another world up there. Like it's so peaceful and tranquil and uh, you just feel like you're away from all the worries um, of the world up there. I, I don't know if this I've is like good, if this is going to sound bad or not, but I've never been to Scotland. I've never been to the UK, but I live in New Zealand. I live in the south of New Zealand, which is a place that is like, I live in Dunedin, which was named after Edinburgh. So it was, it's a place that people say looks like Scotland. So anytime I read anything that's set in Scotland, all I can picture is like New Zealand. So like, yeah. I'll be like looking out, I'll be like, yeah, it's like, rug, like rugged, kind of harsh like terrible weather landscape that's what I'm picturing (laughs) I'm just only picturing like the south of New Zealand it's I've seen I've never been to New Zealand but I know Scots who have been to New Zealand and said they felt at home there because it's remarkably like Scotland just like it it rains a lot there's a lot of farmland (laughs) like a lot of it's like pretty pretty harsh landscape yep Mm-hmm. and that's the thing about I don't know if it's the same with New Zealand there's parts of the Highlands depending on which side of the coast you're on that's really rugged and, and almost a bit dreary there's parts of Isle of Skye that's like that you know it's very brown and and um, like just wild whereas there's other parts where it's like softer and greener and, it's and like lush like, and rainforesty yes, yes. almost like just really nice yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah our city is filled with Scottish shops. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You can go and get you can go and get your own like tartan and family crest. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And I feel like they yeah. have because there's bagpipe people that have moved there. Is that why? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you say... They have bagpipe competitions yeah. every year. Um, it's oh. it's horrendous. Oh my God. Bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> Eight a.m. till like six p.m. Yeah. Oh um uh, like our university here like like the, all the music that they do for like their graduations and like official ceremonies all that's bagpipes I went to high school here all of the high schools you wear kilts 
Like it, it's like a very like Scottish based yeah. city. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what I it's like in the rest that. of New Zealand though. Like, cause I, yeah, Dunedin, I think was the first city. Cause this is where like, I think there was like, there was gold here. So this was the first place that um, yeah. the English settled. Um, yeah, it is, it is like really Scottish. Heavy. I actually haven't thought about it's that until Scottish now. <laughs> I wore a kilt for five years. Oh <laughs> like I, I, I know I know from speaking to other Scots that you know we are attracted to New Zealand um and I've always wanted to go to New Zealand uh but I did not know that it was so like there was so like much two way. Scottish <laughs> like yeah. sister, yeah. sister countries <laughs> I don't know if we're just like a um a parody of Scotland though like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know like do you have like bagpipe competitions like once a year I'm sure I'm sure people do somewhere <laughs> you might come over and be like this is so bizarre like we don't even do this in Scotland like a funny well, little like a, like a caricature of Scotland <laughs> We, we definitely have bagpipers I mean there's a bag, bagpiper that stands on the corner of Princess Street in Edinburgh um, every weekend and plays the bagpipes for the tourists um, and we still have it as part of our traditions like uh, for Robert Burns supper night we'll have you know piping in the haggis and we'll have that at weddings and stuff like that so I mean we definitely we, we definitely do lean into it yeah <laughs> so do we so <laughs> yeah, we do as well. <laughs> and um our final question for you would be do you have any advice for any aspiring female authors out there that want to write romance? Um yeah, I mean I honestly my biggest piece of advice is actually more about the community at large. Like if you if you really if you really want to be successful as a romance writer uh, having a good strong community around you is so important I mean I am quite a introverted person so it's not the easiest thing for me to do but it has been the best thing having close friends who are also romance writers uh, creating a good network of um, you know readers and uh, book influencers and 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 just creating that big community around you because I do think it's a huge part to uh, getting your book in hands of readers and um, finding an audience so in that part of it that is probably my main point of advice is is to to go out there and look for your book people <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, and for the the writing part of it just to I mean it's hard because we've got to the point in the industry where it is you have to like be aware of trends uh, to a certain extent. But in my heart, I just like to write what I love. And I feel like those are the best books that, that you know. Um, so it's finding that balance between what readers want to read and what you want to write. Um, and yep. that takes a little bit of time and experience to, to find that. So patience would be my would be my other point and just keep writing writing constantly that's the only way to get better yeah. I, I guess that is true that's as well so isn't it like like I guess uh it's especially the romance community but it is, it's almost like fashion isn't it like um you know you're, the tropes and the themes that people like to see they do sort of cycle around all the time so even if yeah. you know like the book that you want to write might not be the style at the moment like in a couple months who knows 
Exactly, exactly. I mean, I I could try and write a hockey romance book, but I don't think that would go well for anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to sit patiently and wait for um, Highlanders to come round. Yeah. Are they ever out? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> There will never be a day where I will say no <laughs> be like, to nah. a Highlander. <laughs> yeah. Like a remote Scottish romance. Nah. Let's just do it. Everybody's going to reach for that. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for speaking with us. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you again for, for being awake. it's been great having you on and everybody your book comes out on december the 5th the day this episode comes out the day this episode comes out which will be a tuesday for us yes no for everybody it'll be a tuesday for us one day before everybody else generally So, (laughs) so listen to this episode and then go and get the book yeah thank you guys appreciate it Thank you. No worries. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.